Oh, praise the Lord. Does it really matter to God? Well, tonight I'm preaching this message to those who are here, not to those who aren't here. You know, have you ever felt that way? Man, I wish so-and-so would have been here today. They really needed that message. Well, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to preach at you as if you need the message. I want to preach for you to confirm your faith in what you're doing, to strengthen your resolve and to save your family. Does it really matter to God? This question came into my heart a few weeks ago when I was directed to certain passages of Scripture, which I'll share tonight. Does it really matter to God if I go to church, if I don't go to church, if I stay home, if I come, where I come, what kind of sacrifice I bring? Does it really matter to God if I pray or if I don't pray? You know, God bless those who pray. That's great. And those who don't, well, that's good too. Does it really matter to God? Does it really matter to God if I give? How I give, what I give, where I give? Does it really matter to God? Some people say, well, God doesn't seem to be judging anybody for this or that. Come as you are, come if you want, don't come if you don't want. It's all good, we're all good. God isn't judging anybody. Where is the God of judgment? And that's what some Christians say today. Where is the God of judgment? If God didn't approve of what we're doing, wouldn't he judge his people? Malachi chapter 2, verse 17. Ye have wearied the Lord with your words. Yet ye say, wherein have we wearied him? When you say, everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord. And he delighteth in them. Doesn't matter how they live, what they do, come and go as they please. God, God's okay with them. He delights in them. You've wearied me with those words, the Lord said. Or, where is the God of judgment? Where is the God of judgment? People say today, where is the God of judgment? Again, he doesn't look like he's judging his people. It's tragic when we are guided more by the lack of God's judgment than by a fervent and willing and obedient heart. Have we become casual because God is kind? Do we bring something lesser, something lacking because God is compassionate and kind to his people? Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, the Lord says, For I am the Lord, I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. I'm the Lord, I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Yes, God is compassionate. Yes, God is kind to us. The Bible says that the, his mercies never fail. He is faithful to us. It is of the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. And because of his compassions, they fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God says, I change not. And I love my people, and I care for them. But I want a people as much in love with me as I am with them. Does it really matter to God? Some say, well, the God of the Old Testament, he was a God of judgment. But the God of the New Testament, he's a God of love. 
And some preachers today, well-known, are trying to decouple from the Old Testament. Old Testament God of judgment, New Testament God of love. What a disaster that concept is. Nothing could be further from the truth. In Malachi, the book of Malachi, chapter 1, verse 2, the first verse really introduces the book, and then the first words of God to his people are, I have loved you. I have loved you, says the Lord. Yet you say, in what way have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, says the Lord? Yet Jacob I have loved. I like people of the spirit, not people of the flesh, says God. And I love you. When you read the Old Testament, don't you marvel at the patience and pleading of God with people? With sinful people in general and with his people in specific? God is kind. He is generous. He is loving. He abounds in mercy. He is long-suffering. He repents of evil. He is always looking to do his people good. He wants to pour out blessing. He wants to pour out his grace and his love and his kindness. His mercy endures to a thousand generations. He is God and he does not change. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. He is a God. He says, I have loved you. I have loved you. And I want a people as much in love with me as I am with them. Does it really matter to God? While well, I was musing this thought a few weeks ago, and my mind was directed to Malachi chapter 1, and I kind of know the chapter and thinking about it, does it really matter to God if his people come to the house of the Lord or if they just stay at home, watch online, drink coffee? Does it really matter if they're in the house of God or just reclined up on a sofa, watching some church event? Does it really matter to the Lord if we come, if we don't come? How often we come? Where we come? Does it matter to the Lord what kind of sacrifice we bring? And so these thoughts were in my heart, and then on a Tuesday evening prayer service, one of our district pastors, Tammy Schroeder, came to give an exhortation to the Tuesday night prayer. And she began to speak out of Exodus and Leviticus of the fire that's in our hearts and how God said the fire is never to go out on the altar of your heart. The fire is always to be burning. And how we are to add wood to the fire and we are to increase our zeal and every day put wood on the, on the altar of our hearts so the fire burns and the zeal of God is there. And she was encouraging us to keep fire on the altar and then and then she referred to Malachi chapter 1, and my spirit quickened, and the Holy, Holy Spirit in me anticipated, and it was like I was ahead. And I said, is she going to say something that I'm hoping I hear tonight? So first, Tammy read Malachi 1 verse 10. Who is there even among you who would shut the doors? so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain. Who is there even among you who would shut the doors so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain? I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hands. Nor will I accept an offering from your hands. 
she quoted this verse how the people had come their hearts were cold even though there was fire on the altar their hearts were cold now the Lord said would you shut the doors and then she said this phrase how we put fire on the altar and how we burn for the Lord matters she came off her script and says it matters how we serve the Lord and I said to myself did you just say it matters does it really matter to God it matters to the Lord how we serve how we come what kind of offerings we bring and I'm here to confirm your faith and settle your heart and in a day when Christianity in many ways has gone casual and people are seeming uncaring and unconcerned about the house of the Lord and the real honor of the Lord because somehow he's been kind and compassionate and nobody's being judged and so they continue on but for us who know the truth we know it's a day to keep the fire on the altar and that it matters to the Lord how we conduct ourselves so Malachi 1 6 to 10 a son honors his father and a servant his master if then I am the father where is my honor and if I am a master where is my reverence says the Lord of hosts to you priests who despise my name yet you say in what way have we despised your name God says you offer defiled food on my altar but say in what way have we defiled you well by saying the table of the Lord is contemptible and when you offer the blind as a sacrifice is it not evil and when you offer the lame and sick is it not evil offer it then to your governor would he be pleased with you would he accept you favorably says the Lord of hosts but now entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us while this is being done by your hands will he accept you favorably says the Lord of hosts who is there even among you who would shut the doors so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain I have no pleasure in you says the Lord of hosts nor will I accept an offering from your hands a people who were coming to the house of the Lord to the temple more out of duty than out of delight fire on the altar of the temple but no fire in the heart bringing something less than God desired and something less than he deserved something less than he deserved if I'm a father where is my honor if I'm a master where is my reverence coming with something less can you imagine bringing God to such a point of despair and discouragement that he says why don't you just shut the doors of the church I can't take it why don't you just shut the doors it matters to God what kind of sacrifice we bring how the fire of our hearts burns as we come to the altar of the Lord and sacrifice and worship him and then in verses 12 to 13 he said but you profane it in that you say the table of the Lord is defiled the feast table of the Lord is defiled and its fruit its food is contemptible you also say oh what a weariness it is and you sneer at it says the Lord of hosts and you bring the stolen the lame and the sick thus you bring an offering should I accept this from your hand says the Lord 
Oh, what a weariness. God says some of my people are saying, oh, what a weariness it is. Weary with coming to church, weary with duty, weary with the effort, worthy, weary, weary with the exertion that is required to come before the Lord with rejoicing and praise and a full heart and strength to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. What a weariness it is. People, they got weary with the service of the Lord. Listen, weariness is something we have to take out of our vocabulary as quickly as possible. We cannot fall to the temptation of weariness before the Lord. He's our great God. He's our Redeemer. He's everything to us. We're obsessed with Him. How could we bring anything less than a full heart and a full offering? You know, tiredness is one thing. You can deal with tiredness. You can sleep it off. But weariness is another. Let's never allow weariness to lodge in our spirit before the Lord. The minute we detect it, the minute that temptation comes to our mind or spirit, we come against it in the name of Jesus. We will serve our Lord with strength, and weariness we will cast and spurn to the side. Then they said, the uh, table of the Lord is contemptible. Said the food. Back to Matthew or Malachi 1, 12 to 13. The food is contemptible. Food on the altar, it doesn't taste good. You know, the Lord has a table for us. When we come to the house of the Lord, we feed at the table. Now, when God's people came to the house of the Lord, they brought their offerings. They brought the flesh of animals. They brought bread before the Lord. And some of their offerings were received totally for the Lord. They were totally burned on the altar. But many of the offerings were shared by God and man. God says, burn part of it on the altar, and the rest is for you. God and man eating together. But they said, the food doesn't taste good. The table of the Lord is contemptible. I don't enjoy the meal. They were bringing blemished sacrifices and inferior bread. And then they said, the steak is tough, and the bread is dry. God's people ate off the offerings they brought, and so do we. And if the food doesn't taste so good in the house of the Lord at the feast of the Lord, then let's check our offering. Because if our offering is right and we bring that which is unblemished and we bring that which is strong and healthy and sure, we will partake of the goodness of the Lord in his house every time we come. He that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast, Proverbs 15, 15. A merry heart is the joy of the Lord. If we come into his gates with thanksgiving, our spirits are set to worship the Lord. We will partake of the goodness of the Lord. We will say the food of God satisfies. It is wonderful to partake of the food of the Lord, to the table of the Lord, partake of his holy ways. Malachi 1.11, the Lord says, For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the nations. 
In every place incense, worship, and praise shall be offered to my name and a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. I say amen to that. Let his name be great in this house. Let his name be great in this city, in this house of God, as we come before the Lord. Does it really matter to God what kind of sacrifice we bring? Does it really matter to the Lord if we come or don't come? How we come, what we bring? It matters to the Lord. Second, does it really matter to the Lord what kind of offering we bring when it comes to our finances? Does it matter to him if his people tithe and give offerings and give alms? Well, why don't we let him answer that? Matthew, Malachi 3, verse 8 to 12. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? God says, in tithes and offerings. Tithes are 10% of our income. They belong to the Lord. They're his right from the finances of his people. God says, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings or gifts over and above the tithe according to the prosperity of the giver. You've robbed me. Now look at that word. You know that word robbery has violence in it. Theft is one thing, robbery is another. God says, my people have robbed me in tithes and offerings. He said, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Let's bring our finances under the covering of God's presence through obedience. God says, you are cursed. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Wow. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. The covering of the Lord on those that walk in obedience to the financial avenues of Scripture. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. What a promise of God. He said, test me in this. I will rebuke the devourer. I will bring blessing. I will bring prosperity to my people. My people will be known for the kind of God they serve. Can you imagine if every Christian tithed and gave offerings? Can you imagine what the kingdom of God would be like today? Can you imagine what the local churches would be like if every Christian said, I'm giving 10% of my income in obedience to the Lord, and I will give offerings at my generosity and at my cheerfulness and gratitude for the Lord? The house of God would be abundant in provision. The house of God would be strong in ministry. The house of God would be strong in community outreach. The house of God would be strong in world missions and the mission fields of the world and those that are needy and hungry and desperate would be cared for. And all the people of the earth would say, my, those people really serve their God. Because the name of Jesus Christ would be known far and wide in the earth because of the response of God's people.
Proverbs 3, 9 to 10, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. I love the promises of God. I say amen to those promises. A condition and a consequence. A premise and a promise for God's people. Does it really matter to God? If we give tithes and offerings, if we're generous, if we're liberal in our finances with an open hand, serve him, it matters to God. Malachi chapter 2, 14 to 16. What about our homes, our marriages, marriage vows and covenants before the Lord? It's a day of such breakdown in relationships and marriages and broken homes. Does it really matter to God? If we honor our marriage vows and if we compel our children to serve the Lord, we do everything we can to raise up a godly seed, pray and give and travail in heart, seek the Lord with all our might. Does it really matter to God the condition of our homes and our marriages? Malachi 2.14, yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth, with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. But did not he make them one, having a remnant of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in the marriage? And why one? He seeks godly offspring, sons and daughters that rise up and serve the Lord with all their heart. Therefore take heed to your spirit, and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. For the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce, for it covers one's garment with violence. Says the Lord of hosts, therefore take heed to your spirit, that you do not deal treacherously. I speak softly when it comes to this point because I know the heartache and despair of many people. Parents that have been dealt with unfairly by their children and their children don't serve the Lord. I pray for the prodigals. I pray for the prodigals every week. I pray earnestly for the prodigals every week. And I know many people in this, in this house of God. I know families who have unsaved sons and daughters. And we need to intercede and pray and call on the name of the Lord that he will bring our seed from the east and gather us from the west. He will bring our sons from far and our daughters from the ends of the earth, those that are called by his name and created by him. The heartache of parents as a home breaches in the spiritual realm and there's not a full godly seed that comes out. Husbands and wives that sometimes a spouse deals treacherously with the husband or the wife and the marriage falls. And some people say, well, it takes two, must be fault on both sides. But I can say with all certainty that that is not true many, many, many times. Oftentimes, one marriage 
partner, the husband or the spouse, wants the marriage. They want to honor it. They want to keep covenant with God. They want to serve God and work things out and move forward in the inheritance of the Lord. But the other person deals treacherously and hardens their heart or commits adultery and walks away. Godly homes and godly marriages, do they matter to God? Yes, they do. And we must have a heart in us. We're not responsible for other people. We can't guide their life to the full extent, even in our homes and our marriages, but for us. Let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. Let's honor covenant. Let's honor godly children. It matters to God. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, reverence your husbands. That's the teaching of the New Testament by the Apostle Paul. I still believe with all my heart that every husband should tell his wife every day, I love you. And every wife should tell her husband every day, I love you. Let's honor. It matters to God. The spirit of our home, the tenor of our relationship, the words we say, how we guide our spirit, it matters to God. Our homes, marriage vows, covenants before the Lord. Matthew 19, 3 to 8, the Pharisees also came to him, testing him and asked, saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Hallelujah. It matters to God. Final point. Does it really matter to God what kind of preaching and teaching goes on in his house? I mean, as long as everybody is happy and there was a nice message for everyone and everybody's good with it, does it really matter to God what kind of preaching goes on in his house? The pulpits today are set. This is the first generation for 2,000 years. With many humanistic preachers and moralistic teachers, power of positive thinking, motivational talks, practical wisdom for life and future? Does it really matter to God what is taught in the house? Well, Malachi chapter 2, 7 and 9. For the lips of a priest, the Old Testament, a preacher, is the difference. We're all priests under the new covenant. That change has been made. We all minister to the Lord. In the Old Testament, the priests had a special place of teaching and preaching to the people. We could say, for the lips of a preacher should keep knowledge, and people should seek the law from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. God says, but you have departed from the way. You have caused many to stumble at the law. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi. He's talking to his preachers. Therefore, I also have made you contemptible and base before all the people, because you have not kept my ways, but have shown partiality in my law. 
partiality in my law, favoritism. The temptation on preachers to remain popular so they only preach smooth things, they only preach nice things. I've heard some prominent men of God say, we don't deal with repentance and sin and the judgments of God in heaven and hell. We just teach uplifting things that help the people and guide them and they can live their good life and have a good future and we bless them day to day so that they're encouraged. Favoritism, partiality to the law, only speaking things that are smooth and nice. If we accommodate in the house of God, if we accommodate our doctrine to lawless times and to society's deterioration of conduct, it will be to our ruin. It will be to our ruin. We must preach the word of God. We must keep the standard. And God's standard in his house is gospel preaching. Jesus Christ and him crucified must be the standard of the house of God, the preeminent message of the house of God. There are many realms of teaching, many realms of discipleship, courses and classes and instructional situations that can fit around that. But the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ must remain central in the house of God. It matters to the Lord what is preached. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 5, Paul said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. See, I didn't come with self-help. I didn't come with the power of positive thinking. I didn't come with motivational instruction and some inspiration for the moment. He said, my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, a changed life, a new creation in Christ Jesus that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the very power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ and him crucified is our message. Jesus Christ and the crucified life, and every believer and the crucified life where we die to our own ways and we take up our cross and we follow Jesus Christ. We war against the unholy trinity, the devil, the flesh, and the world system, and we bind our hearts to the word of God to walk in power and strength. It matters. It matters what is preached in the house of the Lord. Well, worship team, come. Let's close out with Malachi chapter 3, and it flows right into Malachi 4. Then they that feared the Lord spake often to one another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord, and that thought upon his name, prized his name, esteemed his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, my treasure, when I gather it out of the earth. And I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. 
Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. That's the company I want to be a part of. Those people right there that speak often about the Lord and love to be in his presence, in his house, under his word. They esteem the name of the Lord. They prize the name of the Lord. They're searching out the wonders of the name of the Lord and all the provision that's in the name of God. Those are the people I want to be a part of. They're going to be the special treasure that the Lord takes out of the earth. They're going to have discernment to know how to live this Christian life, what to stay away from, and where to walk and how to live, because the Spirit of the Lord will be upon them. Malachi 4.1, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. And all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. The outward and the inward, the seen and the unseen, everything burned away. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall, and ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Let's stand together in his house tonight. Does it really matter to God? It matters to God. It matters deeply to God. Hear the cry of the book of Malachi. Hear the cry in the heart of God for a people that are separated unto him and devoted unto him, that love him with all their strength and walk before him. So, Father, tonight, Lord, we're here because we honor you and we reverence your holy name. We set our hearts and our marriages and our lives, the new creation we are in Christ, Lord, to walk in the will of God, to raise a godly seed, to set our hearts to your mission and your vision always, Lord, as we want to be those people that are concerned and care about the things that you care about. So deeply, Lord, we bring our sacrifices of praise and our gifts and our finances and our joy with all our heart. We say it's our delight to serve you. I delight to do thy will, O God. Hallelujah. I delight to do thy will, O God. Well, let's take a few moments and surrender our hearts now. The Lord has been speaking to you, the Holy Spirit, in any way tonight. Receive, receive from the Holy Spirit.